The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fabulous edition of Real Real Estate. Today, I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. Why are you laughing at me, Karen? I don't know. You are sounding like the NPR, uh, that skit on SNL mm-hmm. with Molly Shannon. Sweaty balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt your, your okay. intro. Go ahead. I was just feeling it, you know. Uh, I was trying to, I was working with my webmaster yesterday and we were looking at some things uh, for the show and putting it on the website and she was playing some snippets. I'm really bad. I don't listen back to the shows and I probably should, but then I don't know that I can handle that kind of shame. But uh, she was like, oh, you have a really good voice for radio, so, which I don't usually, but if I tone it down. No, that's good. Remember how our buddy Ed said he had the face for radio. Well, so. I have that too. <laughs> um, and the, the gold eyeshadow. So anyways, welcome. The voice you hear on the other side of the microphone is the lovely Ms. Karen Rastel, who is a lender with Ruoff Home Mortgage. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm fantastic today. We are also joined by Rachel our associate producer who has the face of an angel and the mouth of a sailor, so we don't let her on air. But she will be posting things uh, on Facebook and other social media type places that I don't go. Or that you're allowed to That I'm allowed to go. Allowed yes. to post. Right, because I just got scolded by Facebook. They didn't like something that I posted. I think they're stepping it up because I have a friend down in Florida who posts things a lot, um, like Facebook Live videos. mm and um, you know, business related, but like her boyfriend will be like playing country music in the background, and you'll barely be able to hear it. And they'll be like, "You're banned from Facebook Live for three days." Oh, yeah, because I, they're not licensed to play that music. Sure. No, I've heard of people who like post a picture that m- other people might find offensive or something yeah. like that. But um, I did yeah. not. I yeah, yeah, I just don't market a whole lot on Facebook. Yeah. So, well, I just put a post up, and it was about Zillow, but it was actually about something a service that I was offering and I don't know what I'm assuming that Zillow has paid them money to try and make people be nice and not say mean things about them since we don't really care for Zillow but anyways okay so what's going on in the lending world anything crazy new exciting not anything crazy right now it's just really busy yeah Um, yeah things are you know some appraisal issues that, those are some things in my life right now. But other than yeah, that, we probably should talk about those appraisal. Like, talk about appraisal. I keep thinking I want to get an appraiser on the show, but then I'm like, mm, who do we want to have? Just we'll just pick from a hat. Mm, I don't know. I mean, 
We've got very good local appraisers here. We do have some good ones. We have some not so good ones too. Um, Well, I thought today we would talk about the market in general because that just sort of seems to be the hot topic of what is going on with the market. I think it's interesting that there are um, a lot of similarities regardless of where you are in the country. I'm kind of hearing this. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, I was talking with some realtors up in Indianapolis, and I know that's not a different part of the country, but it's a different world to us. Um, it's about 60 miles up the road, but it's, you know, just a, it's a major metropolitan area, whereas we are a much smaller town down here in Bloomington. And, um, yeah, there's there's having a lot of the same issues. I was talking with a, a realtor. We have a mutual client who needs to be selling down here and then buying up there and, uh, you know, contingent offers, trying to buy something before, you know, on contingency that you sell your house somewhere else isn't, isn't flying up there either. And that's making the transition very, very challenging. So that just sort of made me think, well, you know, it'd be interesting to kind of compare some numbers. So I thought we'd start the first segment off talking about some numbers and then the rest of it, we're going to talk about how to be a player that's player to you and me in today's market. Okay. I told um, Rachel when I told her what the topic of the show was that I was going to dress like Will Smith today. You should. I did not. I couldn't tell. Yeah, no, I know. I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> it was my gold eyeshadow. I was gold eyeshadow. Like, messy really, bun, yes. right? So first I thought we would talk a little bit about some numbers. I found some interesting statistics. So this is one of those shows for people who like the numbers. So you might have your husband turn in, tune in. Yes. Because he does like the numbers. Yes, he loves numbers a lot. Um, So one of the interesting, this doesn't really have anything to do with anything, except that this was in my latest um, National Association of Realtor magazine. And I thought it was interesting because we're all sort of trying to figure out where this housing shortage is coming from. We all have said there's a shortage of houses. We feel it. Why is it? One of the things that was interesting is that the share of former renters who have taken the plunge into home ownership has been slowly but steadily increasing over the last two years. Um, And so what this means is that there are kind of more new people entering the market rather than people moving up. And I left this on the printer and Rachel had to run and go get it for me. Here we go. So in August 2014, 55% 55% of the home buyers out there were move-up buyers. So they already owned a home and they were just moving. So they were selling that home probably and moving into another one. And 36% were former renters. So kind of new into the, the market. And former renters might mean first-time buying or maybe they, for whatever reason, uh, had gone back to renting. Yes, we and just had a again. mutual client that had been renting. They owned a home a long time ago. They've been renting the last couple of years and then they just bought. Really? Mm-hmm. Last week, hmm. Monday. Monday's is that Monday's closing? I don't remember. Friday's closing. I don't remember Monday. Okay. Either way, but I, exactly. Oh, like yeah, some yeah, people yeah, go yeah, back to, to yeah. renting for one reason or another. Right, and right. And so, so that number is fifty-five percent move up, thirty-six percent former renters. Well, in January of twenty seventeen, just this past January, it was a forty-nine percent move up and forty-two percent former renters. So before there was a nineteen-point difference, and now there's just a seven-point difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And I think that what you're saying is true, um, and that. There were a lot of people, not just first time ever buying a home, but people who maybe went through foreclosure, bankruptcies, things like that, because of the way the housing market was a few years ago. And we're starting to see them uh, hit that point where they can now qualify for mortgages again, have gotten everything cleaned up, and they're going back into the housing market. So uh, certainly I think that would attribute for part of the, you know, uh, the housing shortage, because the shortage is 
you're short houses, but you're also heavy on buyers. So I know I wish you could see me because I'm doing all kinds of hand gestures. But um, so, you know, there's two two ways to approach it when you have a housing shortage. Uh, and then I found some other interesting numbers. And, and I don't know quite how this plays into the housing shortage, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, as I was kind of noodling, I was looking for that article about the former renters. And then I started noodling around on the National Association uh, of Realtors website. And Rachel's going to post some of these links up on Facebook because anybody has access to this information. But they have a nationwide by county. That's a pretty long list. I don't know how many counties there are in the nation, but a lot. Um, median home prices uh, for by county. And so I looked up a few counties. Uh, the, the most expensive was San Francisco County. That does uh, not surprise me. No. Number two is my home county of San Mateo County, which is right next to San Francisco <laughs> County, at $1,021,667,000. And this is the median? Median home okay. price. Okay. Uh, the county that I am in, Karen and I are in, right now, Monroe County, Indiana, $178,825, compared to $1,021,667. Uh, I also looked up McLennan County, Texas, any idea what McLennan County, Texas is famous for? No. Waco. Oh. Chip and, home of Chip and Joanna Gaines. Okay. <laughs> that we and what's that the... 133,784. I wonder what so it when was you're prior all, to yeah, Fixer Upper. That's true. That probably was lower. <laughs> so if you're all in budget, it's $250,000. You can see you got a lot of room to go there with your $133,000 median home budget. I also thought it was interesting that the – why didn't I – I didn't print this out – uh, Cochrane County, Texas, was the uh, lowest on the list. Okay. Median home prices, thirty-six thousand dollars. And where where is that? Cochrane County is over by Colorado. Okay, it's on. I know the straight line. Okay, yes, straight side of Texas. You know, over there. Uh, oh, I printed out a Wikipedia about it. Um. Oh, I didn't. We didn't get that one off the printer. We'll make up things, facts about Cochrane County, Texas. Uh, Cochrane County, Texas. Oh, no, I have it right here. Sorry. Don't mind us. Here we go. Uh, has a population of 3,127. 3, um, and it has one person for, I think, every five square miles-ish kind of thing. Population density. So, yeah, one person for every four square miles. And that's what it looks like. It's pretty flat. And there's probably more cattle there than there are people. Their county seat is Morton. Yep. You know, yeah. I've never been to Texas except yeah. passing through the airport. Okay. So we'll have to get you there. You can go visit my parents. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, Cochrane County, Texas. The oh, the median income is like thirty one thousand no, twenty seven thousand dollars for a household. So, interesting. I think Chip and Joanna need to get their butts over to Cochrane County, Texas, is what I'd like to recommend, and uh, see if they can do a little bit for their median home prices. They probably could. They probably they could. They probably could. Yeah, exactly. Um, one more little tidbit of uh, market data, if I can find it. But I wonder how far, I'm going to have to look at that during the first break, is to see how far Waco is from from that county. It's 
pretty far. Okay. Texas is a pretty big state. So, well, you should drive across Texas sometime. Okay, I'll do that. It takes two full days. I've done it. And you have to stop at Airy Dairy Queen and go to the bathroom because there's no other places. You go long, long stretches without a place to stop. So the question is, why is supply and demand so mismatched right now? You know, that's what we're trying to kind of get to the bottom of. Um, certainly, we've talked about fewer homes being built uh, while the population continues to increase. Uh, since a lot of builders had trouble uh, 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, and they shut down, we've seen it here in Bloomington mm-hmm. where the new construction just really ground to a halt, but the population did not grind accordingly to a halt. Um, and so there's that mismatch there. Also, I thought it was an interesting note that after the last housing bust, a lot of homes were turned into rentals. This was something I hadn't really thought about, but I was like, well, you know what? I sure picked up a lot of rentals in that time period. Yeah, you've so talked about that. Probably yeah. other people did too. So there are fewer homes circulating on the market mm-hmm. um, because they're just, you know, we're holding on to them as rentals. And so that's making a difference. And, the, you know, think about the homes that, the home I know the homes that I picked up as rental properties were all in that really hot price point, you know, first time right. home buyer price point. So it's kind of mean of me now. I kind of hate myself for it, for taking those out of the circulation. And I'm actually contributing to the problem. Instead of the solution, I think you should take your first break and mm. and repent. Get <laughs> repent. Uh, and the other thing too that some people are mentioning is that there is a slight loosening of credit in the past year or so that maybe is turning a few more buyers out onto the market that have been there too. So I think all of those factors kind of go into creating this crazy market that we all keep talking about. So for the rest of the show, we are going to talk about how you be a player in that market. I'm gonna stop saying it like that because. No, but you say it so well. I do say it so well. (laughs) All right, so stick around, please. We beg of you. And we will be right back. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. 
follow the movement, meet guests who are shaking things up, call in, and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. You ever have one of those days where you just kind of have to punt? Yes. I don't really understand that analogy. You know, I'm the queen of analogies, but that's one I don't get. I mean, I get football. But punting to me is like you give up. Yeah. No, it's not. You just have to look really good, like Pat McAfee. Oh, Sorry. Just, I'm digressing now. You because are digressing because we don't retired. have I know. Favorite okay. Colts player. All right. So today we're going to talk about some brains. We're going to brainstorm a little bit. You can help me brainstorm? I will do my best. All right. Let's brainstorm a little bit. I want to talk about some strategies and some ideas to help you be a player in today's market because in, in so many areas we hear about it, it's not easy and it's frustrating. And I hate that for my buyers. Um, I'm trying to I, – I have to like – really restrain myself sometimes to not show my frustration, not with my buyers, with the market. Mm. Um, that because, you know, we're missing out on houses, we think we make good offers, we make offers above list price and we don't get them. Sellers are doing wacky things. I know you got some stories that we're going to talk about, you know, some stories I have too, um, that are making it difficult for buyers. And sellers are anxious because maybe they're a little bit unrealistic thinking that the market's better than it is. So I'm trying really hard to like be positive and upbeat and uh, think a lot about the law of attraction. Yes, I, I don't know why did. that was on my mind this morning, but I was wandering around my house trying to count my steps on my Fitbit <laughs> and think about the show. And I just kept thinking about the law of attraction and how I wanted to set up positive vibes about the real estate market. Yeah, maybe we should re-listen to that podcast. Oh, which one's that? we got to find we'll that one. We'll have to find that one mm-hmm. out. So, you know, it sounds fun from a seller's perspective that you've got buyers beating down your door. Um, but it can be stressful. And if you don't handle it correctly, you can lose out. So so here's some examples. So first, first thing I want to say, rule number one, be realistic. Uh, I think I've shared this story before. But there was a house that was listed last year, last fall. Was the market was really kind of starting to heat up and, and never really slowed down. Uh, but we had a shortage of homes. It was very, very competitive price point. Um, you know, first time entry level home buyer probably had no competition on the market, but it was priced about ten thousand, no, fifteen thousand dollars too high. It was priced at one twenty nine nine. It really is more of like a one fifteen to one nineteen neighborhood. Okay. Did not have a dishwasher, and it wasn't like the neatest house. You know, it wasn't like completely updated. It was just a decent little house. Um, but, you know, the agent, I'm sure, and the, the seller, I don't know, when, I don't want to lay blame, but, you know, somebody over on that side thought, hey, you know, there are, there's no competition, so we're just really going to jack the price up. And uh, so they priced it at 129 Well, I know they had, I mean, and from our, our market, this is pretty big, probably eight showings that first day. I myself showed it to two different clients. Oh, wow. And they both kind of went, yeah, it's a nice house, decent enough. 
but, you know, not decent enough for me to overpay by $15,000 by, you know, more than 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if your home is, so end of the story is they lower the price and then they lowered the price. And I'm telling you in this market, you shouldn't have to lower the price if it's priced correctly. Mm-hmm. And they lowered the price again. And eventually they got it down to 119 and and then it sold about 120 days later. So here's my question. I've always I am curious to know. I mean, what would you say? Just ballpark. No, you know, no scientific math here. But I don't do science. Yeah. Okay. But what would you say the percentage of of agents that actually think about how that when it comes to pricing? Mm-hmm. To say, okay, we can't overprice because of an appraisal. So if you have a buyer that has financing, mm-hmm. so I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess if I were a realtor, I would, I think I would, I would approach it in every aspect. I'm trying to think about all yeah. those things. Yeah, no, and I so. honestly think that most realtors do. Okay, um, you know, because you're right. I mean, if a house is priced too high, you might find someone who's willing to pay for, pay it, but right. if it doesn't appraise, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Um, so I think most realtors do. I do think some realtors have different models. Okay. You know, so there's there's a realtor in town who I think kind of tends to overprice right. things and then lower the price. And maybe it's because they don't want to leave any money on the table for the seller. I get that. Mm-hmm. But you also get a little bit, you know, if if this seller was needing to sell right away, that maybe wasn't the best Right. Best solution. You know, I prefer to price things a little bit more competitively and try and get multiple offers and pit people to the death against each other and drive the price up on the house. That's how I like to do things. Because you're gangsta. I'm gangsta like that. Yep. Um, Okay. So if your home is in a hot area and it's not selling, you need to find out why. Um, Price, obviously, is a big part of that. Uh, Condition can also be a big part of that. And that's something else interesting that I think sellers need to take note of that I have found in today's market is even though there's a shortage, buyers still don't want something that's gross. You know, I mean, if there's an inch thick on the ceiling fans of dust, which I've seen so gross, you know, that's, that's a big flag and they're, they're willing to walk away and wait for the next one and fight it out for the next one. I don't recommend this, but see, that's when that person should have had that ceiling fan going. You wouldn't have seen oh, the inch go. of death. Helpful on it. hint from Karen. Thank you. <laughs> Lender says, run the ceiling fans. So you can't say that yet. Um, you know, another one uh, that I've seen quite a bit of too is showing restrictions that they make homes impossible. There's one I tried to show. Maybe shown between four and six on Saturdays. Okay, so that's that's what a showing restriction means. I was going to say. So somehow making it difficult to show whether it's, you know, 72 hours notice or, um, you know, I get 24 hours notice. That's not too unreasonable. But, you know, if you're creating really little windows of time or declining showings. So when someone sets up something like that Mm -hmm. for their client, like, Mm -hmm. hey, we're just going to show your house like on a Saturday for like two hours. (laughs) Like what does the typical buyer and their agent, like how much time are they spending in there on average? They walk into the house and. I mean, if it's, you know, normal size house, a showing can be done in 20 minutes. Okay. Because I know, like, they'll walk in, they'll either really, right. really right. want exactly. to see more, or right. they're really turned right. off. But. Right, they'll know pretty quickly. But I guess my point is that, you know, at certain price points, the market is crazy, and it's busy, but buyers still aren't willing to be unrealistic. So you still have to kind of keep it, keep it under wraps a little bit, you know, calm down, take a breath, you know, push it. That's what I've been saying. We push it, 
push it real good. The <laughs> that's, sorry, that song is now in my head. I know. Uh, you're welcome. Um, but, you know, we're not going to be so unrealistic and pie in the sky. I mean, there certainly are some price points that I've put out there. I'm like, well, I don't know. We'll see. You know, and we've been able to achieve them. But, you know, we're, we're not crazy. Well, like there's a house in my neighborhood and I live in a in a cookie cutter neighborhood and um, it was purchased and then put back on the market like three months later or less uh-huh. for over $100,000 more. So, but it's probably bank just, owned when it was bought, my guess. It probably was. Yeah. But I've never gone into that house. I'd be curious to yeah. if they ever have an open house, I think I would walk down there just to see cuz yeah. I I can't imagine that kind of money. Which brings up a point I was going to bring come to later in the show, but we'll talk about it since we're already here because that home had an accepted offer on it. But those buyers ended up walking away because the inspections were horrible Mm. because things had been done, but they hadn't been done well. So they said, yeah, all the bathroom vanities had been replaced, but they all leaked. You know, so it was like things like that. There's just like tons of things like that. And they said, we really felt like we were buying a lemon. And they said exactly what my point was going to be later in the show. So we'll come back to that, but I'll tell you what it is right now. If buyers are going to pay top dollar for a home, they are going to expect a home that's in top condition. And I think that's hitting up a lot of sellers too. They get all excited because they get this bidding war. You know, I had a house last week that probably went for, I'm going to guess at least five to 10% above list price. Mm. Was, but I guarantee you that those buyers are going to expect absolute perfection in terms sure. of the, um, you know, the inspection. And so it's a bit of a trade-off, um, you know, when you get to that. All right. So be realistic um, and be ready. Here's another one, too. We'll talk about this before we go to um, our next break, because uh, I'm running into this a lot, too. And we went through this this past week with a, a friend of ours uh, was that she fell in love with a house, but she wasn't ready to get her house on the market yet. She was still about two weeks out. So my stress level was through the roof because she I knew that if she didn't make an offer on her dream home, she would lose out on it. Mm-hmm. But how on earth are we going to make an offer at this price point in this market that's contingent on the sale of another house that isn't even going to be on the market for two weeks? And I know I had some conversations with that young lady saying, you need to stop looking at houses. (laughs) You need to focus on getting your house ready on the market. We need to get pictures. We need to get it completely ready to go. Then you may fall in love with a house. But no, she didn't. She did it the other way around. So we had to figure out how are we going to get her this house and get the seller willing to wait a couple weeks while she finishes getting her house ready to get on the market. Uh, and we actually... She must have been putting out the the good karma out there because it kind of came together for her. Well, yeah. In that way, we managed but- to get her house sold before... Um, before we even had to put it on the market, which was nice. We found a buyer for it and whatever. But we also really lucked out with a seller who mm-hmm. is super understanding. Um, but what we had to do, what I suggested that we do, was that we paid a little bit more for the house. We were trying to come up with a price that we were comfortable with, but that maybe another buyer wouldn't be willing to come up to. Mm-hmm. So that if we're in this contingent situation and there was another buyer 
who came along, they'd be like, well, I'm not paying that much. But not so much that it was crazy. So it did cost her a little bit more to do that. And I will tell you, it was a pretty stressful week for everyone involved trying to get all the pieces to fall into place. And she was uh, no sleep, painting, 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 trying to get her house ready, you know, so we could show some perspective um, uh, buyers for that. So, you know, in my world, it takes about a week or so to prepare for listings because I use a professional photographer. Um, you know, we gather the information. It just takes some time. It's not, if it's done instantaneously, it's not going to be a good listing. Mm-hmm. You're going to have horrible pictures. And I don't care how hot the market is, sucky pictures with toilet seats up are still going to hurt you. Yeah. I agree. We're going to judge you. So don't do that. Um, so, you know, what's the harm in getting your home ready before you start looking? I can't get anyone to do this. It's like pre-listing inspections. I can't get anyone to listen to me and do it. But what's the harm? Why do people not, they look at the homes first? It's like I was telling this homebuyer class over the weekend, you know, it, it, first thing people do is download the damn Zillow app. First thing you should do is find a realtor. You know, first thing you should do is get your house ready to sell if that's what you need to do before you buy. But people don't do it. They do it in the wrong wrong order, um, so which then that made me think about when I was writing this segment this morning, patience grasshopper. <laughs> so then I had to look up what that meant, where that came from, which came from kung fu movies. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a story about that, but it's pretty boring. So I think maybe we'll just go to break instead. Is it break time? Yes. All right. Let's go to break. What the heck? And then we will come back in a few and talk about um, more things sellers can do and more things buyers can do to be a player in today's market. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for 
you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we are back. Do you want to know where the phrase Patience Young Groundshopper came from? I'm the edge of my seat. Edge literally. of your seat, right? Yes, tell me. So David Carradine, we won't talk about how he died, um, was in a TV show in the 70s called Kung Fu. And um, and so he, it kind of goes back and forth between Kung Fu fighting, everybody was Kung Fu fighting, in the uh, United States, and then his training back in China by a uh, monk and the monk says close your eyes what do you hear and he says i hear water i hear the birds he says do you hear your own heartbeat and uh, he says no and the the monk says do you hear the grasshopper which is at your feet and the uh, his the young man says old man how how is it that you hear these things and the monk says young man how is it that you do not there you go it's the grasshopper so he starts calling him grasshopper I love it. I don't know. I know. So we all need to strive to hear the grasshopper beneath our feet. Doesn't that all make every everything make sense now, right? It does, but everything makes sense. I can't be still. Real estate, I can't home buying, home selling, it all makes sense now. It's hard to get your mind yeah. at, at Because still. you have to be still. quiet and hear the grasshopper. Yeah, that doesn't happen with mm-hmm. me. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. All right, so patience, grasshopper. What's the harm in getting your home ready to sell? That's what we were talking about before the break. What's the harm in getting your home ready to sell before you put it on the market? Have some patience. We've talked in the past, I think, about transition strategies, so we can talk about it just a little bit more. No, now, I, you know, I met a couple, met with a couple over the weekend, and they want to build. And gosh, they've been talking to me for a couple of years now. I think they want to build because they don't think they can find what they want. But they can't figure out the the best financial path to build. Um, and, and, you know, and I said, and so we were kind of brainstorming all their different options. And I said, honestly, probably the safest financial path is to sell your house. Go live in a rental for a while while you build, you know, so that the transition can be smooth and you're not taking any risks. And they're like, oh, no, we don't want to do that. We have three kids. We have a mother-in-law. And we're going to have a hard time finding a rental. You know, there is going to be discomfort involved. And I think that's the biggest thing that uh, you need to think about in this in this market. Uh, it's great if you're a seller, but if you're a seller, then trying to be a buyer, it's hard. Do you remember last summer we had, or last year we had Matt Doring on? Yes. Uh, we did a show about building, and he sold his house, couldn't find another house, decided they needed to build. And what did they do? They moved into like a 40-foot travel trailer. 
with two 18-year-old boys. Can you imagine the smell? No. <laughs> and uh, and 200-pound dogs. And you know, at some point along the way, they also acquired four kittens. Wow. Yeah, like his wife came home one day. I was like, look what I got. Four kittens. I don't know. I think if you keep your eye on the prize... And mm-hmm. you know that the end result is going to be everything or close to everything that you ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Then discomfort, it's For a short it. period of time, mm-hmm. right? Have I ever told you a story about when I moved in my house and the people who sold my house? No. So, we, you know, the house came on the market and we spontaneously bought it. Uh, and then as soon as we kind of got the accepted offer, Yaris and I kind of looked, looked at each other and we're like, oh, what do we do now? Because we hadn't really... We only been dating six months, and we bought this house. <laughs> and I didn't even live here; I lived in another town, city. But you know, okay, we gotta figure it out. So he put an ad in the um, newspaper because that was back in the day when we put ads in the newspaper um, to rent out a garage space that he had been using. He thought, okay, we're just gonna look for some ways to kind of earn some extra income and rent some spaces out that we, you know, that we had. And he got a call from a couple who wanted to rent that space in the garage. Uh, it was in a property where he was living that he's gonna be moving out of. And they said, well, we're building a house not far away, and so it would be really convenient if we could store our things. We just got an accepted offer on our house, and we need to store our things somewhere and, and while okay. our house is being built. And and so you're like, okay, well, you know, the, what's your name? And or they the people said, well, what's your name? You know, we'll settle, schedule a time to come see it. And Yaris told them his name, and she, he said, oh, you're buying our house. We're just kind of, yeah. Oh, like funny. Yeah, yeah. Right? Law of attraction. And so then they were like, well, we need a place to live. For like six months while our house is being built, which was like two blocks over from where, you know, our, his place was. Like, so do you want to just do a switchy, switchy, changey, changey? And we're like, <laughs> okay, works for us. So, um, so we just, you know, and so they were probably in their, I don't know, early 60s and just dragged a mattress over there basically. It's like you know, one in a million chance, like something like that would even... We're not, probably one know. in 60,000 since that's how many people we have here in town. Okay, but, well, but you still. said that you weren't into the scientific math. Okay. That well, was your last you second I won't touch segment. <laughs> that was segment two, I'm not into science. Segment three, it's all about science. Um, but anyways, I love that story, and I used to tell it all the time, and then years would roll his eyes because he got tired of hearing it, so I haven't told that in a long time because um, it really kind of all the pieces fell into place and it was sort of meant to be. But my point was that they certainly experienced some quote-unquote discomfort. You know, they were living in town with no, um, you know, I mean, they were moved from five acres out in the country. They're in town sleeping on a mattress. They said, we're just going to live like college students for a while. You know, it wasn't, you know, one pot, one pan, right? you know, two plates. We're good. Uh, and they did that for six months until they, you know, moved in. So I guess I do. I get a little frustrated sometimes when I feel like people are like, well, I don't, but that's just going to be a pain. I don't want to move twice. You know what? Eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly think that is a huge part of your strategy if you're a seller. Um, you have to be willing to take a risk. Sometimes that risk is discomfort. Sometimes that risk is risking a few months of double mortgage payments if you can qualify. A lot of people can't qualify for the new mortgage without having you know sold the the current house. But right. if you can, then that certainly could be a strategy too that may involve some risk. But what I want you to understand is that if it's calculated risk, it, you know if it's planned, then it's calculated risk, and it's a little bit better than just crazy wild risk. Yeah, and even I will tell you, even uh, borrowers I've seen that can qualify for both have more than enough assets and, mm-hmm. and income. They still choose not to do that. You know, a lot of times they'll choose not to do it. Like they would rather just 
you know, find, you know, let's just get, let's do one house at a time. And I get that. I get that for sure. But then you end up with your less than perfect house. I have some clients right now. They're getting ready to close on a house. And, you know, I don't feel like, I don't feel great about it. I don't feel like they ended up with exactly what their goal was when, you know, they set out to sell their house and they wanted to downsize into something a little bit smaller. They were heading towards retirement in the next 10 years. They wanted to make sure that they were set up, you know, in retirement. They dreamt of living a little bit more private, having a little bit of land, having a bigger garage, you know, that kind of thing. And I mean, they got, you know, they ended up selling their house didn't couldn't find a place so they're staying with relatives so now they're super motivated buyers which is great but the house they settled on checks about two of their 10 boxes mm. and they seem happy but you know I, I worry about that a lot um it, it because you know they didn't want to I don't know I mean they did everything right they were willing to move twice and take the risk right um but a lot of people aren't and so then they end up in that situation where they're not really that thrilled with what they you know, God. Well, either they'll fall in love after they move in or they live there for a while and then decide. They call me and I sell the house again, which is (laughs) fine. Uh, That's all right, too. Um, But, you know, I guess what always, what what makes me laugh, though, is people talk about, you know, we've been putting some money aside so we can replace carpeting and we can replace countertops and we can do this and we can do that to get the house ready. And it's like, well, if you can do that, why not put some money aside for double payments, too? Mm Mm-hmm. So that you can, you know, I mean, why is that not part of the strategy? And I think it's worth considering, and I think that's all my point is. Right. That's all I'm saying. Uh, And a lot of times it's a lot easier to sell a house when you don't have people living in it. Like I have a client I met with last weekend, and she was like, "Mm, I have six cats and a dog. And her house doesn't smell bad at all. I was, I was like, your house smells really good. But, um, you know, that's an issue. How do you how do you do that? So it's a lot easier sometimes. Uh, you have restricted. Wait, was restrictive showings? Yeah, we'll do we... showings between four and six on Saturday. Um, the cats are nappy. A, a corollary to all of this, too, is when we're talking about getting ready to put your house on the market is to not take any shortcuts um, to get ready. You know, everything that mattered when the market was not as strong still matters today, especially things like pre-listing inspections. I've had a few clients do that lately, and I love them Mm -hmm. for it um, because it's just really enabled them to be in charge of dealing with some things that need to be dealt with instead of waiting for buyers to tell them how to very expensively fix things. Um, But that is maybe even more so important, like we talked about, because a lot of buyers are paying top dollar. They expect that top condition. Um, so, you know, don't rest on your laurel, laurels just because your agent makes you feel like you've won the race and you know, you've got a great product out there. I, don't just sit back. And I've seen that, too. They don't clean. They're like, eh, my house is in a good school district. People won't want it. I don't know. I Whether that's true or not, I feel like, you know, get your like put your toilet seats down. You know, Febreze, do whatever. Like, you know, right. spruce up your house. Like, you should be proud of right. where you live. Right. I mean, if you live in a hot neighborhood, people are wanting to come and see your home. Right. Exactly. Dust. <laughs> Just saying. Home's dust. All right. Let's take one final break. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about another strategy that sellers can use to help ensure that they get top dollar. We will be right back. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate.
stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. Welcome back. Before we get started in our last segment, Karen, did you check out the uh, window of our uh, studio, a.k.a. Deb's office? When I left last week, I yeah. did see the on-air sign. I took a picture, and I, I sent it I know. to you and Rachel. There's an addition to it. Mm. Yeah. I may have to step away it's for pretty two awesome. seconds. So if you are in Bloomington, uh, if you are a local listener in Bloomington, be sure to drive by the intersection of Canada Drive and uh, <laughs> Sarah Road, where my office is, and honk, because uh, you'll see. You'll see what we mean. I love uh, it. They found it. Yep, Rachel found it. Rachel found it. Okay, so we were talking about how to be a player in today's market. My intent, of course, was to talk about sellers and buyers, but we're only going to get through sellers. So guess what? We have a topic for next week's show. We're going to talk about the buyer side and how you are a player in today's market. So right now we're going to finish up sort of brainstorming some ideas and suggestions. Um, you know, again, and you know, the biggest thing is don't rest on your laurels. I had to look up the meaning of that Um phrase two and where that came from has to do with the Olympics and bay leaves. But anyways, I won't bore you. Um, but I did have one idea I wanted to throw out there because this has come up in the past couple of weeks. It's come up in my world. It's come up in Karen's world. So here is the example of what we ha- had happened last week. A house came on the market. It was supposed to be 24 hours notice because there were tenants in there. I called the agent and I sweet talked her and I was like, come on. So my client drove four hours to come down and see this house, to be the first people in the house. We immediately wrote an offer for well over list price on the house. 
And we gave them about 12 hours to respond because I'm going to be total jerks. But And they came back the next day. They said, well, you know, I think the seller's just going to wait and respond to all offers the following day. Like, we're going to give more people a chance to see the house. But they didn't say that up front. And then that following day came and they said, yeah, we, we want to give everybody one more day to look at the house. And that point I was pretty horked off and I was like, so do we even have a chance? I mean, what's the point? Why, why are you dragging this out? Mm-hmm. You know, my poor buyers are just, you know, beside themselves. And she goes, well, your offer is really good. And I was like, all right, fine. So the next day comes and goes, she's like, well, we took an offer that was stronger than yours. And I was like, really? And I, my frustration from that was I understood what the agent was doing. Because that the listing agent's job is to do what? Represent the seller's interest. Not my interest, not my client's interest, but the no, seller's but interest. You need to say that and put that out there when you put that listing up. Exactly. And so the frustration was that they were kind of changing the rules as we went along. You had her overheard a similar story. Yes, that um, a house was listed and it clearly stated, you know, for example, let's say it went on the market on a Monday and it said, we're not going to look at any offers or entertain any offers, submit everything, you know, like one week from mm-hmm. today. And then prior to that following deadline, the house went pending. So the question was, is if you weren't entertaining any offers, uh, prior to a week later, mm-hmm. how did it? How is it already pending prior to that date? Right. So that's what I kind of heard. And right. since that's not my side of things, I was also curious too. How does right. that happen? And certainly, it's completely fair to do that. I did it on a listing I put up yesterday. It's not something I do on every listing. I did it once last year. Uh, about a year ago, it was a house in a neighborhood that I knew would sell quickly. Um, we were pricing it to sell because it was an estate situation. Um, and so we decided to give everyone four days. Now, we did that kind of out of courtesy to the buyers. But for me, it was more out of courtesy to the realtors. Um, I sent an email out and I was like, don't skip your kid's dance recital or soccer game to go show this house, which is kind of what we've all been having to do. It was a game of who could be the first one in the house. Or don't drive four hours right. back to the client drive four hours. Yeah. Right. You know, take your time. You've got four days. To, you know, get your client in, to see it, to sleep on it. I mean, I like buyers who've slept on it because the buyers who don't sleep on it, they have regrets. They have buyer's remorse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take a little bit of time to digest and then bring us a good offer. And at the end of the day, we had seven offers. To, well, I had one agent who was like, would just ignored it. And he was like, would write an offer. Think It wasn't even full price, but it was cash. And was like, well, you have till tonight at 6 o'clock to respond. I was like, no, we're not looking at offers until Thursday. And then they came back and they gave us like to Wednesday. I'm like, no. And, you know, my client, my seller was adamant. I, I said, I guess we could not do it, but I don't want that reputation, <laughs> you know, right. amongst other realtors, which is what happens too. But he said, nope, this is what we promised everybody and this is what we're going to do. We're going to review offers Thursday night at 6 o'clock and that's what we did. Um, and so, again, you know, we're doing this again uh, with another house I put on the market that we gave until Friday morning at 10 just to give everybody a chance to kind of see it. It certainly benefits the seller in the sense, you know, there's always that feeling of you take your first offer that comes along. Was that really the best one? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it helps the buyer feel or the seller feel like they haven't left anything on the table. Um, there's some risk with it because we did lose some seller buyers the last time we did it because there were people who were like, I'm not up for that kind of competition. There's people that just don't want that kind of competition, don't have the stomach for it. That's fair. 
Um, you know, but this is the best that we can do. But if but don't do this if you're not going to disclose it up front. Don't change the rules or the process halfway through because I just think that's bad for everyone. Um, you know, I I don't know, but I think it's totally cool to do up front. Um, Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. I'm always nervous doing it because I think, what if nobody comes to my party <laughs> and makes an offer? I look like an idiot, but um, yeah, we'll see. So um, the other thing I was going to talk about was reiterating this concept of the definition of value. We touched on it a little bit when we talked about appraisals. Um, and you know, the appraiser determines a value, but is that really a value? And I always tell the story of, I should, I should expand the story though. So the story I always tell is I had a client who put his house, was going to put his house on the market, got an appraisal because he was doing a home equity loan. Um, and the right before to, to do some work on the house and it appraised at like 285. 289, I think. And then two weeks later, I said, okay, we're ready to go on the market. I'm going to list it at 325. He's like, but it just appraised at 289. I'm like, no, no, it'll be fine. And so we listed it at, two, at 325, got two offers the first day at 325. It appraised for 325, all is well, right? Mm-hmm. Four months later, those people who bought the house put the house back on the market, which I've never figured out why. Oh, I think I know this house. Yes, you do. Um, and they listed it for, I think, three thirty nine. Yes, they did. And they got three thirty nine for it. And I'm assuming that it probably appraised for three thirty nine. So all of that within the course of six to eight months, mm-hmm. the value went from two eighty nine to three thirty nine. Sounding like Zillow there crazy home prices. So value is really in the eye of the beholder. And you need to remember that a value is when the seller's willing to accept a price that the buyer's willing to pay. Um, and when those two points cross, then you have value and that's a moving target. And you can do a lot to, uh, influence value by getting your house ready to sell. Mm-hmm. So that, that is huge. Uh, my last point that I was going to make was to not be an ass. <laughs> I think that's just a point that I make to myself daily I wake up every morning and go don't be an ass today seriously you do I seriously do and I try to be like like the least ass like person I've ever met (laughs) I try to be like sunshine and lollipops and I don't do it we know people who really need to look in the mirror and do that affirmation don't be an ass today there you go yeah Uh, maybe I'll start a YouTube uh, affirmation channel tomorrow well, thanks for that. But, so. but you know, think about it. At the end of the day, everybody's better off if you create win-win situations. And going into trying to sell your house in a hot market, feeling like you really have the upper hand uh, and showing through your actions that you honestly believe you have the upper hand is probably going to result in a, not a win-win situation. Um, and, you know, I guess big picture. So next week... We're going to do the second half of the show that I obviously can't do in the next 30 seconds. The buyer's side. Which is the buyer's side, which started off with, like, I'll read you the first line. Buyer, get your shit together. That's what <laughs> I said. So that should be, see, don't be an yes. ass. That, that's a cliffhanger right there. There you go. Tune in next week. <laughs> right. We're going to tell you how to get shit together because that is the number one thing you need to do. Uh, you know, I used to say that you could sleep on it. 
if you looked at a house, no, sleep on it. Let me know in the morning what you want to do. And now it's like, you have to tell me before you even get out of your car if you want this house. <laughs> right. Like, that's what it's like. So we're going to talk about that, some strategies to uh, increase the chances uh, um, that you get the house, that you find the house. Um, and how you kind of maintain your sanity and, and keep it an exciting process. I had a client over the weekend and she was going out to look at houses for the first time ever. And she was super excited. And I was like, I'm going to work really hard to try and keep this exciting for you and keep the frustration level out. And hopefully it doesn't go there. So, so some more good strategies next week. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Appreciate you joining me. Don't forget that you can always download past episodes on iTunes and also listen to them on voiceamerica.com. We will be back next week with another amazing episode of Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.